0: Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of the Keeping It Sporty podcast here on CAUT FM 89.5. You can listen to us on Spotify, and we are brought to you by CAUT FM here on your dial in Toronto and in southwestern Ontario. On this episode of the podcast, we will be focusing on betting in general, along with how it is related to sports. Today, I am pleased to welcome a very special guest on the podcast. He started from his own garage, and he's well he is well-known successful business owner now, Charlie Nijme. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the, <laughs> the warm uh, welcome. So this is actually my uncle Charlie, if I can call you that, because why not? Sure. So Charlie owns a business here in Toronto. It's called Straight Poker Supplies. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the store and its location and, and stuff like that?
1: Sure. So it's um, primarily we sell casino equipment. I um, started the company, like you said, back in 2005, about 18 years ago. Uh, we started off as a, mainly an e-commerce business and I was working out of my parents' garage back in the day selling playing cards and poker chipsets. Over the years the business grew, we moved into uh, an industrial unit, opened up a store, and uh, yeah, it's been fun ever since. So we sell basically casino equipment poker tables, poker playing cards, poker chips, all that fun casino related stuff.
0: Yeah, that's quite amazing And, and I think this story is incredible and needs to be told more often because how you just started from kind of the ground and you worked your way up and now you have this great business and you're a successful person with the business. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you now, what led you towards wanting to start your own business in the first place?
1: Well, I've always been kind of a, an entrepreneur by nature and when I was young I was always interested in you know thinking about new business ideas and coming up with uh, something that could allow me to work for myself and uh, this just kind of fell into my lap I was at the time I was looking for something and I was playing um, poker with my friends back then we were playing at a coffee shop which we probably shouldn't have been playing at <laughs> but uh, we would sit at the coffee shop and have a couple of coffees and pull out a pack of cards and we would play Texas Hold'em until two, three, four o'clock in the morning just to pass some time. And back then we didn't have the proper equipment. We were basically playing with nickels and dimes and we didn't have a chipset and we didn't really have the best playing cards. Um, and then one day I went to a, I went out with a friend and we went to the casino and we actually played Texas Hold'em in a casino for the very first time. And I remember sitting next to um, a lady who picked up her cards and she peeled them back and bent them pretty much right in half. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, wow, these cards are going to get ruined. And she let go of the cards and they basically snapped right back to the original position as if she had never bent them in the first place. Awesome. And I turned to her and I was like, what, you know, are those magic cards you have there? Like, what's up with those cards? And she's like, oh, these are Texas Hold'em plastic cards. I'm like, plastic? Never heard of plastic cards before. And she's like, yeah, they're plastic and... Usually when people play Texas Hold'em they, they play with the plastic cards in the casinos. So the next day I jump on the internet and you know, we're talking about 18 years ago so there weren't really many options for e-commerce websites back in that day. But um, I found a guy on eBay that was selling plastic cards and uh, I bought my first pack primarily for my own use just so that I could show them off to my friends at the coffee shop when I went in the next day and um, they arrived you know, four or five days later. I brought them to the coffee shop, and I was like, hey guys, look at what I have. And they were <laughs> yeah. like, what, are, what is that? I'm like, these are the best cards that you could ever play with, and they're plastic. And they're like, I want plastic. So we played with those for the first night, and then uh, by the end of the night, all my friends were asking me to get them a set. And then I called the person who I purchased them from. It was a gentleman in Texas who was selling these cards. And I said, hey, you know, I have a bunch of friends that want to buy these cards, and nobody in Canada has them. You know, would you be willing to sell me them and if I buy a bunch, can you give me a discount? And uh, and then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually a wholesaler, so if you buy them by the case, I can give you a wholesale price. And the next thing you know, I started hearing, you know, cha-ching, 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 maybe I can make this <laughs> into something, make it into a little bit of a business, and maybe I can import these cards since nobody else has them in Canada and try to sell them myself. And that's exactly what I did. And then Straight Poker Supplies was, uh, was founded, and it just kind of spiraled into... You know other opportunities from there
0: let's see that that's truly amazing so not only did you help out another business but you created a whole other business for yourself and I think back then there was probably a little bit of a gap in the market I think you found that gap and you you kind of ran with it right so that's that's pretty cool right there so I was gonna ask you now that kind of leads me to my next question was there a lot to learn kind of along the way and kind of like what was your biggest lesson
1: the biggest lesson is, is that it's not easy yeah um, so a lot of people think that owning, um, a small business is easy, but the reality is that it has a very high failure rate and, uh, unless you're really passionate about it, unless you really, you know, push yourself to make it work, um, there's a lot of things that are working against you. And when I started, it was 18 years ago and now it's probably even more difficult. Um, when I started e-commerce was basically just in its infancy stage. And I was fortunate enough to see an opportunity in uh, in e-commerce, you know, back then companies like Canadian Tire didn't even have online websites, like the Hudson's Bay company didn't have a website and I did. And that's part of the reason why I was successful is that I kind of looked at like, what, what's up and coming and what's happening and like, where do I see the market going in, uh, in the next uh, several years and e-commerce was just a no brainer to me, it was like, why would You go into a retail store, park your car, get out of your car, whether it's winter or whether it's raining or there's snow on the ground, and go into a store and try to find a sales clerk and ask them if there's a particular product in stock, only to find out that they don't necessarily have it there, but they have it at a different store that's, you know, 25 kilometers away. Or you could basically, the the alternative to that is to sit, you know, at your desk or on your laptop and type in a Google search for a particular product that you're looking for. And then just be able to buy that product online, have it show up the next day or the day after, and then be able to shop different retailers and get the best price possible. And sometimes even using coupons for me, it was just a, it was just a no brainer. And, and, And I kind of, I saw that opportunity and I, and I ran with it and I invested with it. And, um, you know, it contributed a lot to the success, but, Going back to your question, it's not easy. Um, the first year for me in business was a flop. And then by the end of the first year in business, I was considering folding the company and shutting it down because I wasn't really making any money. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy. And some people are, are, are fortunate. I I definitely find myself to be fortunate. Uh, I, I, I know I'm very, you know, humble and appreciative to my customers. Um, my customers have been good to me and loyal. And I've always treated my customers with respect, and in return, they have always treated me with respect, and they've referred people to me and have helped me grow the business. So they're they're also a big part of uh, the success of the company over the past eighteen years.
0: Yeah, I, I think that definitely plays a big part in the company is having loyal customers, of course. And so you're you're, you're great at being interviewed. How? Huh? <laughs> I wanted to kind of throw that in there because you were telling me you really have been interviewed too much before, but you're you're, you're doing a great job so far. Anyway. Um, so you were talking about tapping into the online market space a little bit. When did you start to get involved with Amazon and selling on Amazon for that matter?
1: Amazon wasn't really much of a player 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazon kind of back in the day would sell, I think they were, they started off selling books primarily books. They, they they weren't really on my radar. Um, for me, it was basically eBay was big for us. Um, our own website, straightpokersupplies.com, carnivalcanada.com. we have got to put in my plug there, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the phone number two. <laughs> Don't forget, like and follow. <laughs> Amazon uh, Amazon came on my radar um, probably about, I would say, maybe nine years ago, eight, eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. We had a, a supplier who was um, who we have become friendly with over the years and they were located in the United States and they had started doing extreme amounts of business with Amazon. And every time we would talk to them because we were friends, they kept saying, you know, how's Amazon doing in Canada? You guys should really get on the platform. It's really doing well for us here in the U S and it took me a while to, to come around to the idea of selling on Amazon. Um, But eventually I decided to do the research and try to educate myself on their platform, they have a very extensive, complicated, difficult platform when, when compared to, you know, eBay or even um, your own e-commerce website, which I had grown accustomed to. So we, uh, we started to do the research and we started to look for different opportunities. And, and uh, yeah, it's been about probably about eight or nine years that we've been on Amazon.
0: Yeah, that that's that's amazing. And I feel like also tapping into the online space, I think it's really grown the business as well. So that's really good. Now, how would you say you deal with returns at the business? I know you were telling me one time, and if you don't mind me sharing the story, you sent out a poker chip set, I believe it was, on Amazon. And then somebody wanted to return it, you said, and they ended up returning it. You said, this kind of feels a little bit weird. <laughs> and you opened it up, and boom, the poker chips were all just gone and completely filled with rocks. rocks. So, I mean, obviously, you have to be level-headed. You can't really get upset about that kind of thing. But oh, yeah, you can get upset. <laughs> you can get upset. <laughs> but, I mean, how, how would you say, like, you handled that? Because most people are good with that kind of thing, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the the reality is, is that you kind of become immune to what people are like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a customer face-to-face in your retail store, there's a higher level of integrity with that customer and with yourself because you're dealing with them face-to-face, and, you know, they're not going to try to pull that uh, pull that off when they're trying to return something to a retail store. But in that particular case with the story that you're talking about with the customer returned rocks, <laughs> they purchased a poker chip set on Amazon <clears throat> from us. Amazon shipped... The poker chip set, and I could pretty much guarantee you that they had poker chips inside that set, inside that aluminum case. And that customer allegedly, and I guess I don't really have 100% proof, but you know, took that chip set, opened it up, removed all of the poker chip rolls, and decided to go out to their garden or wherever the heck they went, and found rocks <laughs> and put the rocks in oh place boy. of the poker chips, put it back inside the case, put it back inside the box, and shipped it back to Amazon and got a full refund for it. So we had called it back, meaning that whenever there's an item that's returned to Amazon, it technically belongs to, to our company, and we can decide whether we want to call it back or whether we want to destroy it, or they have a couple of different options. You could either you know, put it up for uh, liquidation. But uh, because it was a poker chip set and it was relatively expensive, I think it was about $150 or so, I decided to call it back. So a couple of weeks later, Amazon had shipped it back to our warehouse and then That's when I picked it up and I, you know, felt that there was a little bit something wrong with the weight. Opened it up and to my surprise, there's rocks in there. And, you know, your first reaction is, uh, you know, what the hell's wrong with this world? (laughs) Number one. (laughs) like, how could somebody do that? (laughs) Number two. And then the third one is anger. You're like, this guy or girl or whoever, man or woman or or whoever it is, you know, tried to pull a fast one.
0: Yeah.
1: And... um, you know, I don't want them to let them let get away with it because they're basically they're they're people like that ruin the integrity of online shopping. Online shopping is supposed to be there. There should be a certain level of integrity from the vendors and from the customers as well. And that person was ruining it. So I wanted to find out who that person was, and I wanted to, you know, make sure that uh, it didn't go unnoticed that they tried to pull a scam. So yeah, I did the best I could to find out who it was, and I reported them to Amazon, and I think Amazon you know, dealt with that customer, hopefully they dealt with the customer, but it happens. I mean, it uh, it's, uh, it's not fun when it happens because we're a small business and, you know, when it does happen, it's hitting, um, you know, our pockets, the pockets of the small business owners, but, uh, it does happen. And there's, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, that take the, uh, the privilege of online shopping for granted and they take advantage of it and, you know, they're scammers Yeah, and it's not, it's not good. So... If, no, you're, if you're listening if you're if you're an online shopper and if you're returning stuff and you're scamming i'm coming for you <laughs> yeah don't, don't don't mess with
0: straight poker supplies. no <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you try
0: don't mess with straight poker supplies and the
1: angry owner <laughs> at the end of the day at the end of the day we're we're a small business we're we're people we have uh, you know we don't necessarily deal with our customers like the corporate style or how can I help you sir or ma'am or no, we're, we're people and we're fair and we deal with our customers. Like if they're our friends,
0: of course, and if they have
1: an issue, we look after their issue and, um, you know, we hope that they're going to treat us with the same integrity and respect as the way that we treat them. And, you know, 99% of the time our customers come in as customers and they leave as friends and they're, they're happy with the way that they were treated from us and they're happy with the products that they received and the value that they received. But there's always that one percent that you have no control over. That um, you know can't you can't necessarily please those people, and those people are just different. And I don't necessarily want them to be customers, anyways. So,
0: of course, right? And you have to try and focus on the ninety-nine percent positive instead of the one percent negative, and that's sure. kind of uh, unfortunately,
1: it's becoming ninety-two or ninety-three percent. It's the percentage of people with integrity is coming down. So it's a, that's unfortunate.
0: But. Yeah, I. I... I can agree with you on that one for sure now if for example I mean a lot of people in my opinion look up to you as kind of an inspiration in the business world so I want to ask you there's obviously younger people young, younger students younger children who are who are wanting to be kind of business people in the future so what advice would you give them on if they wanted to like be like you and start their own business
1: Um. <clears throat> Be like, be like yourself, number one. Uh, I I personally found something that I was passionate about and the passion drove me. So I would recommend to people, if they want to start their own business, to try to find something that they're passionate about. And that's not a ticket to success. That's just a starting point. Um, the ticket to success is, is a combination of several different things. And I was fortunate where things kind of came together for me with my business, but I definitely had passion for the products and the, you know, I had, I had customer service experience from the past. I had worked for retail companies in the past and I had worked for, you know, in the, in the customer service industry. So I know how to communicate with people. I know how to be fair. And then that's the other thing too, is being fair. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of times where you take things personally when you're dealing with a customer and you get upset because you're, something a deal is going sideways and you're potentially going to lose money, but I mean if If uh, if you're in business and you have to have some integrity and if you end up losing money on a deal or something goes sideways Always remember to put the integrity of the company first and the and the um, um, You know satisfaction of the customer who's hopefully being fair with you first before Your pockets and your money. So don't be greedy. Let uh, let the business work itself out and in the end the business will flourish based on the fact that you have a reputation of being fair and positive and honest with people. So first thing is, uh, to have passion for the products, have, have integrity. Um, you definitely need to work hard. You definitely need to, you know, move and shake. You definitely need to be able to understand the market that you're in, understand your competitors, understand new things, new trends that are coming out, um, know how to advertise, um, and then obviously monitoring your expenses, make sure that you're not spending too much and come up with a with, with a plan and, and make sure that you do things properly. If you need to get licensing for certain things, make sure that you have licensing. If you gotta pay your taxes, make sure you pay your taxes. If you have to, you know, get a food safety, a, a food registration license, and it's gonna cost you X amount of dollars and your business needs it, just get it. Whatever, whatever you need to, run the business legitimately and above ground and you know, make sure that you have the least uh, resistance in your success, You know, expense it all out, figure out how much it's gonna cost and just do it.
0: I think you highlighted something very important there when you mentioned integrity over greed. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit lost in the business world and how people can be so greedy they just want all the money for themselves, but in, instead the higher power, which is integrity, if you have more integrity, I feel like it'll suit you better for sure in the in the business world. Absolutely. So shifting, shifting the focus over now to kind of towards the betting aspect. So you and I both know that betting is usually not a great thing, especially for those who lose or in the losing aspect of it. And I think it's fair to say betting in moderation isn't terrible as long as you're betting responsibly, right? And so now I'm kind of going to connect it back to sports a little bit. Because oftentimes during sporting events, there's usually some form of advertising for betting or or odds posted or this or that. So I was going to ask you, do you feel like they should kind of tone back the odds for events and and betting in general during sporting events? Or do you believe it's just not a huge issue to begin with? Because I feel like, you know, I'm watching a sporting event, for example, and I see like, a don't know, a Bet99 commercial. I feel like it's just kind of being hurled and thrown at your face. So, do you think this is a huge issue in sports?
1: Absolutely, it's a huge issue. So, kind of like the evolution of my company where, you know, you start with brick and mortar, shift to e-commerce, and then the ratio of brick and mortar sales to e-commerce sales gets out of whack because e- the e-commerce takes over. The same thing's happening in the betting world. And when it comes to betting, you know, 18 years ago when I started my business, there wasn't really such a thing as online betting. If it was, it was heavily regulated by the Canadian government. Um, And I don't even really think that it even existed. And then now as popularity of internet continues, the next generation of gamblers is coming up. And uh, I guess I kind of play a role in... (laughs) <laughs> and supplying them with certain products along the <laughs> way. But uh, they're, they're coming up and they're e-commerce focused. They're, they're, they're focused on the net. They're focused on social media platforms. And now these online gambling sites have kind of been able to change legislation in some capacity. And they're, they have more flexibility. And, um, you know, you want to know what my opinion is. My opinion is is that it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm in kind of, you could say, the gambling business because I sell poker and casino equipment. I still, you know, I'm a person with my own opinions and my own views. And I don't really think that gambling or betting is necessarily a healthy habit to the most part. I think that, you know, if you enjoy doing it and if you can do it in a capacity that suits your lifestyle that suits your income, that's not going to put yourself at jeopardy, then, you know, by all means, go ahead and do it. But what's happening is, is that the the new generation that's coming up, and I see it a lot because a lot of them are my customers as well too, right? They're playing cards, they're playing poker, they're betting on sports, and they're not really understanding the ramifications, the consequences, the value of money. And that's a problem. Yeah. And I think that people really need to understand the value of money. And unless you work and unless you you know have to pay for things on your own the value of money lesson doesn't really exist in the same capacity as it did when my generation was coming up so i mean i'm talking mainly about people that are just coming into that age of being able to gamble like people that are in your age group that are mm-hmm. 18 19 20 21 years old that, that are looking at betting on sports as a as a, a revenue maker it's not a revenue maker it could be a could be a lot of trouble
0: and I think betting in moderation like I mentioned right betting for fun sometimes is okay as long as it doesn't become a constant habit
1: yeah absolutely so let's say you know the Super Bowl's on and you want to do you know like the squares and somebody says that hey you know it's ten dollars for a sheet for the squares and you could potentially win 40 or 50 and you're doing it with a group hey that's a lot of fun that's great fantasy football we do the fantasy football everybody puts in a couple of bucks at the end of the season somebody wins which by the way (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you know who I, won this
1: year <laughs> which i didn't mention
0: but yes of did course you, you did mention it so. no. <laughs> you did win after did. Uh, 14 years of trying <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: okay. 14 years yeah
0: sounds about right now well, but when you, you get won't.
1: into so like what i'm talking about what what i think is unhealthy is, is that when you're watching like i've met people and i know people and some of them i would even consider to be friends that are betting on like curling matches and they've never watched curling in their entire lives and they're met, they're betting on curling or they're betting on like you know not not to say anything negative about women's basketball but like women's basketball games and they've never watched a women's basketball game in their life and they're betting mm-hmm. on it like that that to me is a degenerate gambler and when you when you have that classification and it's easy to get there if you don't control yourself but if you don't really understand what your limits are if you have that, that classification as being a degenerate gambler, then that's got to stop. And I think that the evolution of these online gambling sites is kind of molding individuals into becoming these degenerate gamblers and to not understanding what their limits are. So they run these commercial ads. So they, they, they'll pop up on your social media, these these uh, advertisements to join their websites. And then at the very bottom, it'll say, gamble responsibly. That's all a crock. I mean, you can't say, hey, you know, come out here and we'll give you a $100 bonus if you join our website and you put our credit card in and then at the very bottom say, oh yeah, by the way, make sure you gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call this 1-800 number that nobody ever answers the phone to and get them <laughs> to help you. No. Yeah. There needs to be, like, there needs to be some limitations and some restrictions. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you're looking for sports to bet on, Ask yourself what you're doing. Ask yourself, like, you know, if you're betting this $100, where, where is that 100 bucks coming from, and did you actually work for it? And if you worked for it, don't you have more value for it if you were to lose it? That's true. That's you're totally it, true. If you're getting it from, you know, birthday gift money, or your parents gave it to you, or so forth, you haven't really earned it. It's different when you're earning money and you're working, you know, construction, you know, working at... Uh, Fast food restaurant, or, or stocking shelves at a grocery store, or working in a restaurant, and you you, you work all week and you get a paycheck for three hundred and fifty dollars. Like, do you really want to take a hundred of it and have a chance to blow it? So a lot of these people that are betting don't really understand the value of uh, the money that they're betting with. But at the same time, moderation, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. You know, I I like to go to the casino, I like to play poker, but I know what my limits are. I know what my uh, I know what moderation means. And I know how working and I know what the value of a dollar is when you work hard for it.
0: Yeah, it's very important. And, and again, I, I really agree with what you said as well. As if you're working for the money rather than if you're just kind of handed the money, I, I, you don't really, you feel the difference. And, and I, I, I totally agree on that. Um, so at your store, you also, like you don't necessarily just have to buy purchasing or, or betting, um, purchasing betting materials is what I meant to say. You can also purchase like, decks of cards, and I think you have popcorn machines and, and other like, fun stuff like that, and there's a lot of games that you can play, right? Like For example, with cards. We, we, we love to play Remy 500 together. That's yeah. one of the games that we like to play for fun, but I think there's also an aspect that you can bet on it if you want as well. If you're playing like, for fun with a family member, a friend, whatever, you can put a few dollars in the game. Oh, who's going to win, right? I think, and and I like to refer to it, I wrote this down because I thought it was pretty clever, but... It's as, like, a pina colada with no alcohol versus a pina colada with alcohol, right? That's kind of the, how betting is involved in that. Anyway, I thought I'd just throw that out there.
1: Right, so just to go you know, to go over the Rummy 500 thing. So, we're playing Rummy 500 with a pack of cards. And, you, you, like you said, you could um, bet with it, too. So, what's the difference between playing Rummy 500 or playing Texas Hold'em or playing Blackjack? If you're doing it for no money at all and you're doing it with family, it's amazing. It's, like... You know, you for us, for us personally, mm-hmm. it's me who I'm, I'm your uncle, my nephew Elias. My mom plays with us as well too. So you got three yeah. generations that are being joined together, yeah. That are playing cards. And does it get competitive? Yeah, it gets competitive. <laughs> just, just last week, sometimes grandma wins. You know, <laughs> takes the house down, <laughs> leaves us stunned that you know a 77 year old lady can mop the floor with her butts, but it happens. You know, we leave with our tail between our legs, but she you know, <laughs> Just she's doing her, her winning dance there and sending <laughs> us home. <clears throat> <laughs> Just last week I know we were in a two
0: point game and you know, we had my grandmother, your mother, you know, she won she beat you by two points and I absolutely got smoked by both of you combined, so
1: Yeah, we've gotta do a rematch on that one.
0: It happens, yeah, we're gonna do a rematch and so we'll we'll probably play after this interview and hopefully I'll win and I can report back here. See about um,
1: that. See about that. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like that Rummy 500,
1: That's a, it's fun for her, um, it's fun for me as well, and I'm sure that you enjoy it too. You have yeah. three generations of people that are playing cards. Whether it's Rummy 500 or whether it's poker or whether it's blackjack, you know, playing cards or playing games as a family is amazing. It's the most beautiful thing that you could possibly imagine. Now, I mean, if you're gambling and you're throwing, hey, you know, winners got to pay, losers got to pay 500 bucks, and that five hundred bucks is going to a mortgage payment that you need to make by mm-hmm. the end of the month. Then it's a different story, right? So there's there's limit. You have to know what your limits are and play within them. But for the most part, you can pretty much gamble on anything. That's true. Like you can gamble on army five hundred. You can gamble on what color car is going to drive by on the street next. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it all it all comes down to being sensible and, and uh, knowing what your limits are. I guess.
0: Now for the fun part of the interview. <laughs>
1: you want me to do jumping jacks or something? <laughs> no. I could probably do three before. Uh...
0: <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> We're going to do some rapid fire questions okay, real quick. So these could be related to sports, related to betting, not related to sports, not related to betting, but just about anything. Okay? Sure. I'm going to hit it on you here. Okay. First one. Hamburgers Shoot. or hot dogs?
1: Definitely hamburgers.
0: Texting or talking? Talking. Walking or running? Walking. Uh oh, this one's pretty easy. Summer or winter? Summer. I think we know. We know the answer to that one. At the beach or at the restaurant?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, at, uh, at the beach.
0: Taking a vacation to a warm destination in the summer or during the winter? During the winter. Mm. Which name do you prefer? Skydome or Rogers Center? Skydome. Yeah. I had a feeling we're going to say that one as well. Cookies or Cake. Cookies. Remy five hundred or scopa? Romy five hundred. Finally, the most important one of all, Toronto Maple Leafs or Montreal Canadians?
1: <laughs> Neither. <laughs>
0: Well, I know you're not a big hockey fan to begin with, but you know, I was I was hoping you'd say Montreal. Anyway,
1: I know you you, you you like you, you like live, Montreal. Yeah,
0: you you live in Toronto. So you, you like mean.
1: Montreal, and I don't like Toronto, so okay, you, would, you, go. you would expect that I would say Montreal, but I still can't bring myself to. say Okay, that. okay,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, just to clear something up, so the game Scopa is an Italian card game for those who don't know, and it, it's it's a lot of fun. As is Rummy Five Hundred. Did I teach you how to play Scopa? You taught me how to play scopa, scopa, and you got me a nice pack of scopa cards from your store at Straight Poker Supplies. So
1: an Arab taught a Greek, (laughs) a half Greek, half Arab, how to play Italian cards.
0: Gosh. So I wanted to ask you real quick, where can we contact you now? So, for example, some of these listeners want to purchase stuff. Obviously, I know what the address is here, thirty-one Progress Avenue. I had on here.
1: Yeah.
0: So how about what phone number? We'll get the email down. What else, kind of? But what's
1: the phone number again in case sure. people want to contact? The, the website is, uh, for <clears throat> for poker equipment, the website is straightpokersupplies.com, and it's 31 Progress Avenue, unit number 7. And that's in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. And the phone number is one eight seven 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 six five three seven nine zero. 765 3790 Ask for Charlie. Don't give me a hard time on the phone. <laughs> And I'll, uh, I'll make all your your casino supply equipment needs come to life.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So Uncle Charlie, or Charlie, how are we going to call him? <laughs> Although I wouldn't imagine anybody else is going to call him Uncle Charlie unless his nieces or nephews. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today to talk about betting and sports. And it was fantastic to have you on the show. I think you brought a tremendous amount of insight.
1: I think that you are amazing. And I think that you have a very bright future in broadcasting, a bright future in podcasting, and you're my inspiration. So I hope that you continue to do well.
0: Oh well thank you so much. I appreciate it. And for all the listeners out there, do not forget to visit Historic Straight Poker Supplies. Again located on thirty-one Progress Avenue or you can view and purchase items on Amazon or on his website as well. And I want to thank all the listeners for listening to the Keepin' It Sporty podcast. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify and make sure to follow us on Instagram at That's Keepin' It Sporty. That's Keeping K E E P I N with no G. It's Sporty, S P O R T Y. Until next time, I'm Elias Dracos. So long, and see you next time.